Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, O oh God, for being in our presence today, Lord. God, we thank you for our time together. And God, I pray that the word that you will have me to speak today be not of me, but only of you. God, hide me behind the cross. God, that your word will go forth. God, it will meet the needs of all of us in this room present. And God, that it will still reach those beyond these walls, Lord. And God, I pray that you continue to have your way. Lord, I surrender myself to you. Use me as you will, Lord, to bring forth glory in your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Amen. God is good. Amen. Amen. God is good. And I'm thankful to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Amen. Amen. Um, some of y'all probably say I look different today because I'm flying solo. I hardly ever have entered into this building without my Superman, my Clark Kent. He is at home taking care of our little Bray Bray, which he texts me today. He's doing even better. He's getting better and better every day, so I just thank God for that. Um, I thank God for his support in telling me to go forth and do what the Lord has assigned for me to do. I thank God for our pastor in his absence, and I just pray that the word today will be uh, beneficial, and even if it's a little bit of conviction, I must say it hit me first. So I don't think that I'm talking at you. I'm talking about me. But if you can get in, fit in where you get in, get in where you fit in. Amen. Amen. Looking back can be hazardous to your health. And I know we've been talking about biblical healing this month. And healing is the process of making or becoming sound or healthy again. And, of course, with, um, it was funny with my son being sick. I know some things about praying for healing, amen, and when people get back to their original state, because I often joke about it, and I can joke about it because it's my child, but yeah, I tell him, I said, when he didn't want to eat anything, I knew we had a problem, because my bravery, like his mama, we like food, and we will eat no matter what, cough, cold, whatever, we still will find a way, and so when he said he didn't want anything, I said, Brandon didn't got serious now. My baby is not up to where he, his his usual state, because health means a state of being free from illness or injury. And then a biblical definition of healing is healing through divine intervention, as in response to prayer or because of faith. And I saw that, and I thought about even when pastors started us off with biblical healing, it was a divine intervention. Jesus dying on the cross for us was a divine intervention for us to seek our spiritual healing for our sin-sick souls. Amen? And even though we have uh, begun to trust God with our lives, there's some things that God is still healing us from. Amen? Because healing, as they said, is a process. 
It's not instantaneous, you know? Even when you get over a common cold, or we've had several people, and it's that time of year where they experience some type of sickness, um, you, it's not one day you bad, one day you good. Most often than not, it takes some days to get back to 100%, amen? Amen. Sometimes you might be feeling better, but you're not, as me and, me and Minister Benita say, I fighting weight. It take a while to get back to your fighting weight, amen? And I started thinking about that because uh, we spend a lot of money on research and resources pertaining to being healthy. But one thing about um, being healthy or making a health change is that you have to change. I don't care how much information you know, how much information you acquire. If you're not going to put the knowledge into practice, it'll still be the same old, same old. You know all the statistics, and it's funny because you can even be talking about losing weight, and people are like, oh, did you try that? Oh, I done tried that. And you, you know, you want to do this? Oh, I done did that. I know all the rules, and sometimes, you know, we just get mad about it. I know what I'm supposed to be eating. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm just not doing it. Amen. And so some of us need to accept the fact that if you're not willing to let go of the thing that make you sick, then don't expect the healing to come. Some of you have seen that floating around somewhere on social media. Don't ask for healing if you're not willing to let go of what made you sick. You know it make you sick. You know when you do this, something happened. Yet we do it anyway. Then no matter the resources or the money that we go into, if you don't do something different, you're going to get the same thing. that You, been, you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you're getting. But what I was thinking about this um, sermon, looking back, could be hazardous for your health. Some of you may find this funny, but I was driving along. And anybody ever been riding and uh, a squirrel or some kind of rodent run out in front of your car? And, you know, me and my sanctified said, Lord, let him get by. Lord Jesus, you know, I'm trying to get the squirrel on by. And, and sometimes he'll make it on through. But y'all ever had that moment where he done went by your car and then came back? I was like, you made it. And I believe in my mind, most of them didn't get hit because of the first time around. This just me now. I'm just talking. Y'all know me and me and the Lord, we have comical conversations. And I told the Lord, I believe they made it across the first time. I think it's when they went back. That a lot of them met their demise because they second-guessed themselves and went back. Oh, I, I know some people, the wheels are turning already. Because the Lord done delivered you from some things. And you made it out. You made it to the other side, but you thinking about going back. And I was sitting there yelling at the squirrel, no, 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 keep going, keep going. Don't, don't come back. Now, I don't know why squirrels turn back after they've already made it. Look like they should get to the other side and say, whew. That was a close one. You would think after they've made it to safety that they would be relieved and keep moving forward. But for some reason, beyond my uh, level of comprehension, uh, several times they go back. And that's when they meet their demise. It's not that they didn't have the opportunity. It's not that they didn't have the victory. But it was only when they turned back. Is when destruction happened to them. And as we look in our text, and I'm going to try to 
move as fast as I can. There's so many nuggets in here. As we look in our text, we find that Lot and his family have settled in Sodom. Now, a little history is Abraham and Lot, they began to grow, and they were rich, and they had all, this, all these animals and stuff, and then, then the servants started fighting, who's is who's, and da 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 And Abraham said, we'll just separate. Lot, you get to choose. Lot saw that it was green, plush grass. He said, I'm going to take this side. You get the dirt. Abraham said, okay. Somebody need to stop right there and say, grass is not always greener on the other side. And if it is, it may be a higher cost for that grass to be green. And I'll further to go to say that some of us go where we think the grass green is really turf. It's really artificial. It ain't even the real thing. It looked good. You know, to the eye in a distance, it looked like grass. But see, grass takes some work. I know. Because we don't want to put that work in ours. <laughs> it takes some work. Tilling it. it, what it it's plucking it up and all that. It takes work for real grass to grow. But Lot chose that area, and the Bible said he settled in Sodom. And you know what? Even though we began to read, and it's several chapters, including Lot, like I said, for the sake of time, we're going to fast forward. But Sodom was so evil and vile that the Lord wanted to destroy it, yet Lot stayed. And it, reason, it seems the reason that Lot had stayed because he had gotten settled. And see, even as Christians that believe, we have to be careful not to just settle because it's comfortable. Even though you know everything going around you is not according to the will of God, but I'm settled. I've already got roots here. And, and some of us have settled for some friends and we've settled for a place in life and we've settled for a relationship because we've been going together for a long time. So I'm just going to settle. But if it's not of God, you got to move. You shouldn't feel comfortable in an environment that is not trying to bring glory to God. You know, and it's not that you're perfect or your friend's perfect, but you need some friends that's going to help push you while you push them. So they settled. And then you know how sometimes when we get settled, we start making stuff all right. You know, it really ain't that bad. You know, our, sen our spiritual sensitivity start going down where everybody's doing it. Well, maybe I was too strict. Maybe I was too hard on myself. Maybe I'm too hard on my children. Maybe it ain't that bad to let them do X, Y, Z. Maybe I'm the one. Because, see, I'm standing out in this vile environment. So maybe it's me. Maybe I need to just calm down a little bit. But no, how many of you know that it's in that uncomfortable place where we have to stand up and hold up the blood banner of Jesus or we have to move forward? But if we're not careful, we'll let our environment start to morph us into, it's all right. It's okay. So let's move forward. The angels came to visit Lot. He was telling them what was going to happen. He said, we're going to destroy the city. And the Bible says that when it was time to leave, Lot hesitated. 
because he is settled. He's comfortable. I'm well known. Got a position on the city council. They know me here. I, I walk in the local grocery store and they have my stuff ready. I go in the restaurant, they start making my order. I, I'm good. I know what you said, that destruction is coming. But it's funny how even when the Lord has already promised us that punishment is coming, I'm just comfortable though, Lord. They know me here. I got my parking space. It got my name on it. I don't want to give that up going to a new place. And he said he hesitated, but then the angels took them by the hand and urged them out. Sometimes the Lord have to push us out. And oftentimes I tell the college and career that the Lord loves you so much, he really don't want you to stay in the mess that you're in. But don't wait till he have to push you out. Because sometimes things can happen. He'll allow things to happen in our life that are so traumatic. So traumatic. We think it's the enemy. We think it's everything else. And the Lord is trying to push you out of some situations. He's trying to push you out of some circumstances. And some of us, he loved us so much, he had to grab us by the hand and just say, come on. Get out. This is the word of the Lord for somebody this morning. Get out. And stuff been happening. You've been blaming Satan. He attacking me. And the Lord said, I'm trying to push you out of this situation. I'm trying to push you out of your rut. I'm trying to push you out of this old mindset. I'm trying to push you into where you need to be. God's grace, his mercy, his love, his prayers from family members drug him out. And I was thinking about even with Abraham. Abraham, even though he wasn't with Lot, he was still praying for Lot. And a lot of times, the blessings that Lot got, it was because the prayers of Abraham. Because Abraham had, Lot had to uh, get rescued before, but who had, who was there? Abraham. And it's some of us, if we be honest, it's the prayers of our family members, our grandmamas, our uncles, our big mamas, that have pushed us out of some situations. The Lord rescued you and had mercy on you because of the prayers of somebody else. So he drugged them out. And then they had this debate about where to retreat to. The angels tell them to go to the mountains. Lot said, I can't go to the mountains. What if I go to this small village? Can I retreat to this small village? The angel said, what up? If that's, if that's what it takes to get you out, go to the small village. Whatever it takes, get out. I don't know why I keep saying this. I don't know who needs to hear this. But whatever it takes, get out. If you're going to lose some friends, get out. If you're going to lose what you think is your security, get out. God will take care of you. He told them to leave and don't look back. He said, leave and don't look back. Leave. Run for your lives. Don't look back. 
He said, or stop anywhere. Don't pause, don't hesitate, leave, and don't look back. There are many debates about why Lot's wife looked back. And I'm going to suggest three of them to you today. The first one is, the reason why she looked back, the first theory is she wanted to make sure that her grown daughters were coming behind her. Some said that the reason why she wanted, especially since we didn't read this in our scripture this morning, but these daughters had fiancés that thought the angels was joking, thought Lot was joking, said they ain't leaving. We were born in Sodom. We ain't leaving Sodom. If Sodom get destroyed, we just going to stay here. You know, that's how I see it. You know, Lot said, we got to get out. We stand in Sodom. You crazy old man, we're going to stay here in Sodom. So the fiancés didn't go. But the angel said, get your wife and your two daughters and leave. So some suggest that she looked back because after the destruction started, she wanted to make sure her daughters were coming. But I want to say even with that, and y'all, y'all take this with a grain of salt because, I mean, even as I was writing it, I was feeling convicted. We have to trust God with our children. We have got to trust God with our children. That doesn't mean that we can't pray for them. That doesn't mean that we can't teach them. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to drag mine to church. They're going to come to church so they'll know what church is about, so they can learn, they can understand, they can grow, and all those things that we learn here. But when they're not in my presence, I got to believe by faith that the same God that is watching over them while they with me is the same God that is watching over them when they're in school, when they're at the daycare, when they're wherever. Because we'll get to the point as parents, and I'm telling you, to, I'm, tell, I'm talking about me. I told you I ain't going to talk about y'all. I'm talking about me. But we can get to the point where you will worry yourself sick about a situation that didn't happen, hasn't happened, and you already done came to the conclusion that it doesn't happen to you mourning about something that ain't even started. We are in mourning about something that didn't even happen. Because what coulda, woulda, shoulda. And I know my kids aren't grown, but I remember my mom telling me when I got ready to go off to college, she said, you know, I can't be with you everywhere. But truth be told, I couldn't be with you everywhere here. I had to trust God here, and I'm going to trust God there. And she would give me little wisdom, little nuggets, and she would tell, and I tell Partins all the time, she said, when you find yourself in a place, ask yourself, if the Lord walked in right now, would he be pleased? And I'm telling you, that statement kept me in more out of more situations than I'm willing to admit. Because I started thinking, I hear her words. And even, and the Lord allowed her, actually, something was going on, I was at Mercer, that's when they had stadium drive apartments. I know y'all new people don't know about that because it been tore down. You can't even find out where it used to be now. I just know where it is because where I stayed. But we was in the stadium drive apartment. I called my mama, and she didn't answer. And young people, y'all know how we get when we call our parents, and they don't answer, especially when we call mama. She supposed to answer that phone. I mean, I don't care if I call. She's supposed to answer that phone. And then if you keep calling and she don't answer, then I'm thinking something wrong. 
Cause my mom bought the answer to the phone. And I just kept calling. She didn't answer. Then you know I started getting a little attitude. I can't believe my mom didn't answer the phone. She know I need her. I need to talk to her right now. And the Lord arrested me right there in Stadium Drive Apartments and said, I'm all you need. Your mama is good, but she ain't me. And he said, I did that on purpose. Because every time you had a question, every time you got in trouble, you ran to mama. I want you to run to me. And I have to believe that even now, that when she was running, she should have said the same God that is watching over me is watching over my children. I have to be obedient and keep running and don't look back. Maybe it's theory number two. Maybe you can find yourself in this one. She was simply curious. Some say she was simply curious. Well, there's an old proverb. It's an ancient proverb says that curiosity killed a cat. This proverb, and I like this now because I had to go and do some research, see where it came from because I don't like to just say stuff to be saying it. But I was looking at it, and it said it's used to warn of dangers, get this, of unnecessary investigation or experimentation. Unnecessary. Now, some stuff necessary. You know, especially from a parent perspective, some stuff necessary to investigate. But this ain't what it's talking about. It's talking about when you being nosy and stuff, that ain't got nothing to do with you. It's, it's talking about I need to try stuff because how I'm going to experience if I don't experience myself. Experience is not always the best teacher. Learning from other people's experience is a good teacher. Why would I want you to go through the same traffic jam I went through? Now, see, we'll follow that. If I tell y'all it's an accident on 75 uh, right at exit 164, all of y'all be detouring. Don't go that way. Y'all better go down here. She said it's an accident. But if I tell you don't be uh, Netflix and chill on a Friday night at 1 a.m., talking about that's all we doing. Well, I need the experience for myself because I know I'm stronger. Unnecessary investigation. You know, it kind of gives you the idea. Y'all seen them scary movies? I don't like scary movies, but y'all know they got a lot of little spoofs on it when the people in broad daylight, they won't go in the house. Let's come back at night with a flashlight when it's real scary. Unnecessary investigation. Unnecessary experimentation. Y'all seen the commercial? When they go in there and they got the guy and they said, let's go in the house. Let's go in the basement. Let's go in the attic. And the lady said, it's a perfectly good running car right here. We can get away. And they said, no, let's go in the back with the chainsaws and, and, and the knives. Let's go hide back there. Unnecessary. Unnecessary. You don't have to try everything because everybody else is trying it. And I know you've heard that before, but maybe I'm just supposed to say it again. Because I know it's some stuff that I tell people, hey, this ain't going to work out for you. They go try it anyway, and they come back, it didn't work out for me. Okay. But see, that was unnecessary. Proverbs 3 and 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not, do not lean, do not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways, everything, everything you do, 
Acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Be not wise. That's what one version say in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Depart from evil. And it said it shall be health. It shall be health. One version said it will be healing for your body and strength for your bones. If you will listen to the way the Lord wants you to do it, you're, you will be healed. You will be strengthened. The best way to get delivered is to never have touched it, tasted it, looked at it, or experimented with it. But if you find yourself that you have tasted it, touched it, experimented with it, maybe you in theory number three. The reason why she looked back, she couldn't separate herself from the things of her past. She simply couldn't let it go. Since we're in these bodies and we have overcome some stuff, we've got to let some stuff, some places, some people, some things go and don't look back. Because see, looking back, looking lead to longing. Longing leads to planning. Planning leads to actions. Actions lead to a way of life. It all start with looking. Let me let me see if I can help somebody. Cause y'all probably says, just looking at it. Let me make a tangible example. I start off by telling y'all that I'm a foodie. I love to eat, so maybe this will help somebody. All right, I go back and forth between trying to eat healthy and not. But one of the rules they tell you when you're trying to eat healthy, and this is hard when you got little kids, is they tell you to throw out everything that's unhealthy. And the reason why they tell you that, because if you see it, you're going to want it. And anybody ever looked at something you really didn't even want it, but because you saw it? Oh, Thanksgiving coming up. I know y'all done did it. You fool as I'll get at. And then grandmama come in here with her pecan pie or her sweet potato pie. Y'all know they got that dish that only so-and-so made. Did so-and-so bring that red velvet? Oh, Lord, she done brought that red velvet. I'm so full. I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, let me just get one piece. And while I'm up, I might as well get a little ice cream with it. And if I'm going to get ice cream, the little sliver of pie won't hurt. You full now. You just complain about how you can't hardly breathe. But they don't open up that they don't open up that laundry room. They got them cakes sitting on the dryer. And you just can't help yourself. Hey, I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. Talking about me. Just talking about me. You sit at that and, or or you done fixed your plate and you think you good, but you going through the line. I ain't know they had that. And get what you done did. Went back. Somebody gonna get that on the way home. That's when your stomach almost popped. When you went back. Even though you know it's not good, that unhealthy option looks good. It tastes good. You know, and when you start eating healthy, anybody been on that kit where you're doing pretty good, you eating pretty clean. I mean, you like, I ain't perfect, but it's been a pretty good week. And you eat something real greasy. 
because it look good. That happened to me this weekend. Can I talk about me a little bit more? Got to keep this rated G, so I'm talking about fried chicken. I've been eating pretty good, clean, nothing fried, blah, blah, blah. And then my mama said, well, it's raining and it got all this good cold. Let me just go by and get an eight piece. So when we in, we in. Sound like a good idea to me, right? I got a sick kid, raining, cold, we in, we in. So let me, let me go and get through this. So she brought it in. It looks so good. And I'm telling you, Publix look like they just know what they're doing with their fried chicken thing. So I get the chicken, and I mean, it tastes good. It smells good. And when I'm eating it, 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 it felt good to me. But when I finished, it felt a little sick. Maybe even a little nauseous. And, and see, some of us, if we ain't careful, we're keeping this G now. Because that fried chicken will come in, and it smell good, and it look good. And sometimes we'll go ahead and indulge in the fried chicken, even though we know it's going to make us sick afterwards. And what Satan is tempting you to do is, 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 is to go ahead and ignore the consequence of your action. Because, see, if I, I ate and I felt a little sick, but then guess what? The next day you be like, well, one more piece won't hurt. And then you don't feel as sick. So then you're like, that didn't do me as bad. So now I think on Tuesday I'm going to get another piece. And before you know it, your body done got adjusted. Sometimes the Lord has to make the consequences so severe that we don't go back. There's some places, some restaurants I got so sick, Benina. I was like, I don't care how bad I eat. I will never go back there. And God has got to do that for some of us. Because, see, yours might not be fried chicken. Yours might be potato salad. Yours might be chocolate cake. And see, now I don't want y'all to just get me confused. I'm trying to do this in a, in a nice way. But see, some of y'all might not be drugs or alcohol or shopping or depression. Some of y'all might be a sexual relation, whatever it is. He's trying to get you to indulge. And the thing that Satan uses is that he'll show you the highlights from your past and not give you the full story. All you see is the fun. But nobody see how the place got shot up. All you see is the good time, but you forget about the hangover. All you see is the hooking up, but you forget about worrying if you're going to have an STD. He show you the highlight of how fun and how good it was, and don't leave out all the stuff that's in between. Don't let him swindle you in going back. Because, see, the sad reality is you may not make it out this time. Because every time you go back, you go deeper and deeper. Surround yourself with one or two shields that won't let you sink into depression. That will pray for you when you can't pray for yourself. Arm yourself. Don't just be reactive. Be proactive. Get you a word in your heart. Keep something nearby. Write it on your wall. Put it on your computer screen. Say, let this mind be in me, which is also in Christ Jesus. When Satan is tempting you to turn back, say, now unto him who is able to keep me from falling. Get you a word in your heart that will help you. Say, no, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. Through the pulling down of strongholds, I can't go back. I won't go back. I might not make it out this time. I am more than a conqueror through.
through Jesus Christ get you a word on the inside of you that neither height nor depth nor principalities no things seen and unseen things present or in the past nothing will separate me from the love of God and when I say nothing not even my own mindset not even my own thoughts will separate me I can't go back and maybe you say, well, I don't know all these scriptures. Well, you know what? Until you get a scripture in your heart, sing you a song. Sing you a song. I believe my grandma here, she'll say, I'm a whole to God's unchanging hand. And believe if she was still here, she'll say, Lord, keep me day by day. She'll say, oh, to be kept by Jesus, to be kept by the power of God. And maybe that's not for you. But maybe Pastor that says, spirit, fall again. Fall fresh on me. Maybe they'll say, Lord, you don't want no gray. You want black and white. I believe if he, if, 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 if he was here, he'd say, move on over. Lord, whatever it is, you can move that out of the way. I believe that if, if, if McDowell was here, he'll say, I won't go back. I can't go back to the place where I used to be. God has been so good to me. When I look back, if you go look back, if you're going to look back, don't just stare, but glance back and see where the Lord brought you from. Just glance back and see how he healed you. Glance back and see how he delivered you. Glance back and see how he was keeping you when you didn't know you were being kept. See, I don't look back, so go back. I look back and say, Lord, I thank you. So when you see me shouting, when every song make me cry, it's because I thank the Lord. Even though I'm not where I ought to be, I know, I know I'm not where I used to be. I don't know who needs to hear this today, but there's an old boyfriend, an old flame, an old situation trying to draw you back. Baby, let go. Don't look back. Keep on running. Run for your life. Run for your life. Run for your life. There's some old thoughts trying to rear his ugly head. Trying to tell you who you're not in the Lord. Run for your life. There's some friends trying to get you to join in in some things that you've been delivered from. Learn, run for your life. Run for your life. I don't know who this is for, but run. Run. Don't let them pull you back in. It is harder to dig yourself out. Don't go back. Don't go back. Don't even entertain them. I don't know what it is. Don't even entertain them. Block their number. Erase it out your phone. Whatever it takes. Don't entertain it. When we entertain it and we start tampering with it, then it go from texting to calling the pictures and everything. Else. I'm talking to somebody today. Let it go. The Lord will take care of you. I know it gets lonely out here sometimes, but don't settle. 
temporary conversation that will bring on eternal consequences. Woo! Please don't. Let it go. Get out and run for your life. The Lord loves you. And he's been sending you signs. He's been sending you hints. He's been everything but placing you out of that sin. Don't go back. Don't answer the phone. Don't answer the text message. Get off your Facebook. Delete him off Instagram. Whatever it takes, don't go back. Don't go back. Don't go back. He loves you. And he wants to heal you this day. But he can't heal you if you keep tampering what made you sick. Let us stand. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.